Welcome to Rising Stars, where Miriam Knight, publisher of New Consciousness Review, interviews exciting new voices in the world of progressive and transformational books, films, and ideas who offer intriguing perspectives on life, the universe, and everything in between. Join us as we celebrate the conscious awakening and explore many expressions of consciousness in action. Welcome to the Rising Stars Show, where we celebrate some of the best writers you may not have heard about, but who offer information and inspiration with much food for thought. I'm Miriam Knight, the publisher of New Consciousness Review. You know, with the pace of awakening speeding up here on Rising Stars, I will be introducing you to two or three of these authors and artists per show especially those who might not have had as many opportunities to be heard. As you listen to our guests, I hope you will be able to add a few more pieces to the puzzle of who we are and all we can become. Our first guest today is Leah Yucutiel. She's a breast cancer victor. She's a metaphysics and spirituality teacher and the author of the book, Making the Breast of It. Her goal is to empower women with breast cancer, helping them overcome fear of intimacy after breast cancer or mastectomy by reconnecting with their soul, and also to educate men on dealing with women in their lives who have gone through this ordeal. After healing from breast cancer herself, Leah considers her mastectomy experience to be a gift from God. Today, she helps cancer patients in Southern California and beyond on their journey toward recovery, peace, and happiness. Leah considers her mission to educate women about breast health, which she does on her radio show, Waves of Healing. So without further ado, welcome, Leah. Thank you, Miriam. Leah, dear, tell me why did you title your book, Making the Breast of It? Well, you know what they say, uh, when you get a lemon, make a lemonade. (laughs) So I had uh, breast cancer out of the blue, and I did not know what to do with it. And I tried to, instead of uh, considering myself a victim of the situation, I decided to call myself a victor and make a lemonade of the lemon that I received. That is a wonderfully empowering approach. What makes your book different from the other books about this issue of breast cancer? See, all our breast cancer books are about their experience and what they went, what kind of medication they take, and mine is totally different in a sense that It's empowering women to overcome fear of intimacy after breast cancer or mastectomy. Because from my experience, I learned that there is such a big misconception among our society, especially among the men who believe that women who had breast cancer or mastectomy, they are not women anymore. <laughs> mm. And this is so, so far away from the truth. Because well, women do not make uh, love 
only with their breasts. Indeed, indeed. But I imagine it's not just um, overcoming the uh, preconceptions of men, but women so often, particularly in our society, identify themselves with their appearance and their femininity with, you know, how they look, how they fill out a dress and so on. And it's kind of instilled into them by the media, by Hollywood and so on. So it must be quite a um, hurdle to overcome for yourself when you look in the mirror and you see that part of you is missing. How did you come to terms with it, Leah? <laughs> Very good point, Miriam. Um, it was it did not it did not happen and it never does happen overnight. It's evolution that the person that I particularly went through. Originally, I, I was heartbroken. I had beautiful breasts. I did not need to wear a bra. And here, I, they had to remove my breast. And, and I promised myself that I'm going to have another breast no matter what. And I attempted to have another breast, which we discussed about it last night, I believe. With reconstructive surgery. With reconstructive and was not successful. So all the other options was left to me is to accept it, to accept my situation. And acceptance is the big part. When the person accepts with whatever we are, however we look like, and love that situation, automatically you get over it. I imagine this is a lesson for really any um, situation in life, any disability, uh, any societal, um, you know, abuse or, or, uh, uh, sta- economic standing. So what you're saying is so importantly, I just want to emphasize it, accepting yourself as you are, and then celebrating that person. Tell me um, how that changed your life. Uh, it changed my life uh, dramatically, really, when I accepted my situation when I accepted that, hey, I have to live with one breast for the rest of my life, unless, you know, later on I may change my mind, I don't know. But I, I, I don't, at that time, I was saying to myself, um, you start loving life. You start loving yourself. And I started loving myself. That's it. And when I projected this love to myself and got uh, got rid of the fear of intimacy and how to project myself uh, in the in the society in, among my friends or everywhere that I went to, I started talking about it very openly. 
And when people listened to what I say, they accepted me. Mm. Mm-hmm. And because I was not living in fear how they are going to react to it. And they were open to it. This is the vibration that I projected. And they, they received it. And I got the, back the vibration that, that of their acceptance of me the way I am. And the fear went away. So often we project our own fears on other people. And Absolutely. when yes. we open about it, we realize that there was no foundation for that all along. Correct. Correct. There was no foundation. But you see... If we decide that there is foundation for it, then there is foundation because the other side would get that vibration as well. And they would be scared to talk about it. Sure. Sure. It's also a question of self-confidence. Yes. Well, acceptance and self-love creates a self-confidence. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah, so what did you find was the biggest hurdle in getting there? Biggest hurdle to getting there. I don't know. I don't know what was. I don't really remember it exactly what was the biggest hurdle. I would imagine that um, having, uh, being intimate for the first time was, was oh, quite oh, a terrible okay. <laughs> ordeal. No, again, it was not. Again, it was not because anybody who wanted to get uh, intimate with me, they already knew about my situation. Sure. I did not hide it. I talked about it openly. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. So... The hurdle was coming from the other side if they did not accept me the way I am. Right. Yeah. Of course, uh, getting to that point of accepting yourself, um, did you have any spiritual practices that helped you along that path? Yeah, yeah. The spiritual practices, yes. I've been a metaphysical person since the 80s. And I've done so many different kind of healings and, um, and read about self-image and loving ourselves. And I was accepted to it. I, was, uh, I, I knew we are not only our body. Mm-hmm. And also, I knew that we are not only our breasts in order to be intimate with the man. So uh, all this prepared me to accept myself so other people would accept me as well. Sure. Well, if, if you don't love yourself or don't accept yourself, why should anyone else? Absolutely. <laughs> because... Everything is projected from us. Yeah. 
And you cannot well, say that. Well, Leah, we have to take a little break now, but then we will be right back speaking with Leah Yukutiel, the author of Making the Breast of It. Conscious Connection, Om Times Radio, IOM FM. Know what to do, just can't figure out how to fit it all into your busy life? It doesn't have to be that way. Hi, I'm Ellen Baysberg from Seamless Life. Join me every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern on Om Times Radio and learn the how of conscious living. Let me and my guests help make your life seamless. Being a radio host on IOM FM allows you to build your show on a rich platform with the power of the Internet to fulfill your outreach goals and connect with a very specialized and global online audience, unlimited by time and distance. Ohm Times Radio will provide you with web relevance, a recognizable conscious brand, and with the standard of excellence that has accompanied every single Ohm Times endeavor. Host your show with Ohm Times Radio Network. Simone Millicis would like you to know that business can be fun, which is why she wrote the book, Joy of Business. What if you could have the joy of business rather than the stress and struggle? Most of the time, the only thing stopping you from a thriving business is you. In the Joy of Business book, Simone gives you access consciousness tools and pragmatic ways to get out of your own way and to create the business, life, and living you know is possible and beyond what this reality says is achievable. Business is joy. It's creation. It's generative. It can be the adventure of living. You can purchase your copy of the book through Amazon or Joy of Business website, www.accessjoyofbusiness.com. Do you want to be a better communicator? Do you want to better connect with the important people in your life? Do you want to enrich your relationships? If so, join me, Matthew Cooper, on the Positive Control System show every Wednesday evening at 11 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Ohm Times Radio. I'll meet you there. Feed your soul with waves of consciousness on Ohm Times Radio. And we're back speaking with Leah Yukutiel, the author of Making the Breast of It. Leah, uh, what is your website? It's really simple to remember. I love my breastcancer.com. All in one word, I love my breastcancer.com. Very good. Um, I think you're a better woman than I am, but. Uh, um, Why do you say that? <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's a bit like people who go to um, AA meetings and say, um, I'm an alcoholic. You know, it's like they're perpetuating that vibration within their energy field of being an alcoholic. So um, I, I think what you love is what your breast cancer did for you, that it just made you such a victor. And that is the wonderful um, message and energy that I get from your book. What, what do you think readers would learn from reading your book, Making the Breast of It? Well, there are a lot to learn. First of all, the book the purpose of the book is educational for both genders. 
And uh, there are so many different exercises in the book that if women apply these exercises in their life and they do them, they can learn how to reclaim their femininity back after breast cancer, how to build their self-confidence living with one breast or no breasts in case of mastectomies and learn, you know, how to love themselves, the new image, and accept it. I mean, our new image, we have to accept our new image in order to love it and project it towards the world. And the, the other, few other parts that they, are, they would learn, also through many exercises, they would learn that sexuality exudes from inside out and not from outside in, which means we do not need to have big boobs in Hollywood <laughs> in order to be sexually functional. <laughs> Absolutely. You, you talk also, about forgiveness in your book. How uh, has the subject of forgiveness affected your own healing process? And why do you think it should affect other people who hold grudges? Well, you see, I went through so many different surgeries for reconstruction. I actually went through six surgeries within 10 months. Oh, my God. Yes. And I ended up with one breast. And it was so traumatic for me because I relied on the doctors who who looked at me as a number, as an, uh, another body, and promised me um, the mountains with reconstruction, and uh, it did not happen. And I I was really upset with all my doctors who promised me the mountains and. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I was very upset, um, and that's what I had to forgive. I had to forgive them because if I did not forgive them, I would still be a victim sure. instead of victor. And this is the forgiveness issue is very, very important for anybody who holds grudges because as soon as we hold grudges towards somebody, they don't know that we hold grudges towards them. It's only us. It affects only us. Sure. And when we let it go and forgive them, we release from our psyche, from our soul, all these uh, grudges, and we feel actually very lighter. Physically, we feel lighter. Of course, emotionally, the impact is much stronger than just physically. And that's why it's so important to forgive, 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 because the forgiveness is for us individual who does the forgiving, not for the person who... We forgive. I remember reading in uh, both Louise Hayes' books and Carolyn Mace's books about the locus of um, 
breast cancer really being in in the heart chakra, the heart center, where you need to have love rather than anger and and hold grudges. So I think this is all part of this energetic makeup of our bodies, where if we're holding in, uh, holding back love, holding in anger, we're constricting the flow of energy uh, within that heart center. So forgiveness is the only way to really open it up and to forgive yourself for yes. whatever shortcomings you may ascribe to yourself. Now, at some place in your book, you mentioned the phrase higher self. What exactly does that mean to you? Well, higher self is, is actually the connection with the soul. As you know, we are not only body. I was reading the other day a quote that said, you are not a soul. Well, how, how did it say it? And I really loved it. Uh, you are not a soul. Oh, you don't have a soul. You are a soul. Uh-huh. You have a body. So you, you are you a soul who has a body rather than a body that has a soul. Exactly. So when we approach it, life this way, that we are a soul. And this body is just a vehicle to function in this, uh, on this planet. Well, still, um, you want to keep your vehicle in pretty good condition. So yes. <laughs> um, I, I understand that on your website, you have some tips for, for breast health. Is that true? Yes, I do. I do. I actually have 25 breast health tips and people who visit my website, they can go down, go and download for free those 25 breast health tips. And they are very, very useful. And if people who apply even few of them in their daily life, you'll be surprised how many cancers, breast cancers, or any other diseases can be prevented. Well, give us an idea of some of these tips. Uh, one of them is um, not, don't, don't do mammogram. Okay? And why is that? Because mammogram, it creates electromagnetic vibration that, 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 cre- that creates actually a breast cancer. Well, if you're talking about x-rays, absolutely, x-rays have been associated with cancers. And, um, I mean, I, I have to say that I'm not a, a great, uh, proponent of mammograms because they are, um, as you say, uh, invade, um, deleterious in, in, with the x-rays. They also give false positives. And, uh, the latest research has been shown that they don't really, um, have any beneficial effect in terms of early detection. There, there are other um, detection mechanisms that are better, such as thermography. Have you come across that, Leo? Uh, 
Of course, of course. Right. Of course, I had few people on my show who were talking about thermography. Mm-hmm. And there is another, another thing uh, right now. Hold on a second. Now, you um, also talk about uh, uh, what are some of the other tips that you can offer? Other tips is stay away from stress. Ah. Stress is the killer. The stress is the source of all diseases. Well, that's often more easily said than done. What do you suggest people do to do that? Meditation, yoga. I mean, people heal themselves from cancer, from stage four cancer, doing yoga, doing meditation, go inward. This is very important for a lot of people to do that. And I know and people, I had people on my radio show who heal themselves through yoga, stage four, cancer, heal themselves from doing yoga. Wow. At the same time, he had a broken back that he went through surgery. And, and when he did yoga, he healed him, him, himself from his stage four cancer that, uh, <laughs> that the medical establishment was not able to do anything about it. And from his broken back. So yoga is really, really important. Meditation is really important. And nutrition, Uh, I assume. And nutrition is very important. Uh, Avoid anything, any food that has... um, Uh, Artificial. Canned food. Canned food. um, All this uh, food additive, food colors, all this have all kinds of modified chemicals. Well, I'm sure our listeners are uh, kind of clued into that. And the the thing is that we need to do all of these approaches together, particularly if you're dealing with cancer. Uh, Leah, what's your website address again? www.ilovemybreastcancer.com Leah Yukutiel, author of Making the Breast of It. Thank you, Leah, for being with us today. Thank you, Miriam, for inviting me to be a guest on your radio show. You are marvelous host. Thank you. Thanks again. And stay tuned. We're going to take a break, and then we'll be right back with our next guest. Best of the holistic, spiritual, and conscious world. Om Times Radio. IOM FM. Join Elliot Jolish, the business therapist, each Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern for the Elliot Jolish Hour as he interviews business experts on your behalf. And you're invited to email your business questions to questions at ecjgroup.com for answers live on air every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Elliot Jolish Hour. 
Host your show on IOM FM, the radio network of Ohm Times Media, one of the more recognized brand names in the conscious community, and is backed by the extensive marketing reach of Ohm Times. Hosting a show on IOM FM immediately connects you with our extensive, dedicated community. What if business could be fun? What if business is the adventure of living? What are you choosing? Where do you do business that makes it easier, more fun, or more joyful for you? We'd love to see where you do business. Connect with us on Instagram at Joy of Business or Twitter at Joy of Business. And share your pictures with hashtags BusinessDoneWare and Joy of Business. Let's change the world with business. Circle of Hearts Radio is a sanctuary on the airwaves. Join me, Grandmother Alaya, in the circle on Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern as I share information to both enlighten and nourish your soul. Your conscious connection to a more mindful world. Om Times Radio. IOM FM. Back? I'm Miriam Knight, and I'm here with our next guest, Vivekananda Balaguru. Vivek is a software engineer who suffered with crippling panic attacks. He wrote the book, Life is Binary, The Choice to Live Love or Limitation, which summarizes the knowledge and wisdom that he gleaned in the process of searching for the reasons and solutions behind these attacks. He found them in the study of consciousness, and in his book, he summarizes how one can prepare for an awakening experience by looking after the body, becoming aware of how one's mind becomes conditioned, and by opening to intuition and synchronicity. Welcome, Vivek. Hi, Mariam. Uh, it's, it's my pleasure to be part of the show. Um, oh, it's a pleasure to have you. Yeah. Now, given the engineering background you have, how did you decide to go in the direction of spirituality to find the solutions? Yeah. So, as I said, I had been like a, a normal materialistic person just going about the things. And when panic attacks started to um, hit me from nowhere... I could not do anything. So it was like a wake-up call for me. So I went uh, to a few emergency uh, sessions and with the medical doctors, but no one could relate the find out what the real problem is. The real problem was it was basically an awakening in me, and that was the result. It was showing up as panic attacks. And I have to do... I, I figure out it's more than what science can be. And when it was more than what science can tell, because the energy was so huge and it was like totally destabilizing me, I know that uh, this is something totally out of world and that's when I had to look forward to spirituality. And the solutions were there. And basically what it was going was, it was basically a Kundalini awakening that was going in through me. And panic attacks were the initial symptoms when the energy was blocked. And it was not allowing to let me go through. And that is when the door was open for me. And then I, all the answers that I needed came from there, actually, when I started to scratch the surface and go from there. Yeah. My goodness. Now, a lot of people have panic attacks, depressions, all kinds of mental illness. Do you see a relationship between mental illness and Kundalini awakening? Yes. Uh, I, 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 I ask, like There are many people who have read my book. And the beauty is that uh, many readers are software engineers and they have panic attacks could closely relate to what happened to me. And they say, wow, this is what has been going through me. And, and people who had figured out it's Kundalini, they said exactly what is going on. So why do I say um, this? there is a connection between Kundalini and all the mental uh, issues are as part of our conditioning, 
we have as a society uh, are used to suppress our emotions in our body actually so we grow with this so that we fit well into the society we suppress all our inner feelings and emotions they are all suppressed inside that and all goes well but when kundalini is awakened the energy starts to flow it's you these suppressed emotions are forced to come out to the surface and when they come out it is shown as a panic attack or a mental issues whatever you can name it actually i have many people refer many terms actually i don't want to go because i'm not a doctor but it is all connected actually so when the energy tries to come out it forces the layers above when the layers start to come above it is basically shown as a mental issues actually and i would say the first symptoms or the initial opening of the kundalini is also always this has been the case with many people i have seen who had not followed the spiritual route or who had been so materialistic and this has been the uh, classic symptoms which i seen i have been like uh, my book has been a, uh, a proof for many people coming forward and say this is exactly what has been going through actually so that is my take on it so far yeah. i'm not sure that all of our listeners know exactly what a kundalini awakening is yeah. could you explain it for us yeah a kundalini awakening is basically a energy uh, that is basically uh, starts from your hip and it tries to goes to your brain actually it is uh, from what i read from uh, all the hindu uh, literature it is part of the human body and everyone who attains a particular age uh, uh, based on your uh, upbringing based on your conditioning it awakens in you it is there in all the humans basically and because the way we are moved away from the nature the awakening has been suppressed in many individuals and when it hits to some individuals who have no connection to it they totally get lost so this energy that shoots up from your hip and it goes all the way through your body to your brain brings up so much energy and cleans us your system so that you can bring all your hidden talents and then you can work in alignment with the nature and you are more powerful than what you think is proven by that energy actually and i have been living with this energy for last 2 years actually it is a huge challenge because i have to make adjustments to my diet my exercise my sleep in order to optimize this energy so that i could function at the same time i could make the most out of this energy and this is basically uh, the body is termed as kundalini energy and it has been referred in so many different texts and it has been referred in many ways actually and that is basically it actually did i make that point clear actually yeah. I, i think you did uh, yeah. basically you're saying that this is an energy mm-hmm. that is inherent to the human body but because of our modern lifestyle we suppress it it's kind of our connection to nature mm-hmm. uh to the nature of the human animal as well as all of nature and if we suppress it and don't feed it don't let it out it will make us sick it will manifest in things it can manifest as mental disturbances mm-hmm. or it can find other ways of manifesting that's right um with our earlier guest we were talking about uh suppressing energetic flows it, it we we forget that we really are energy beings mm-hmm. so so viva given the demands of modern man you know making a living mm-hmm. do you really believe that spirituality can help him uh, well actually i am a, like a modern man basically i work in a software i work in silicon valley Uh, i am, i work in basically a very high stress environment and i'm paid well actually so i'm paid well for my services but this is where the world is going so given the modern man what he has to deal with he has to deal with the social media 
he has to deal with the smartphone he has to deal with his children playing with the video games and there is a tv and wherever he goes there is something that is distracting him right so there is a distraction all around him it is the challenge for a human being to find peace inside him actually it is it has been so challenging that the only choice he has is to take up spirituality because that is where you get the space in order to find who you are to be aware and get the best out of the living experience actually the challenge that we as human beings have is that we become we isolate ourselves as a single being and live our life with pain and suffering but once we let the door open and we become part of the oneness or the consciousness of the universe we become part of it and the pain and suffering still is there but you don't suffer because you don't see you as a single being but you see you as a part of the whole whole human beings in life and then you and then the all these silly things goes away and that is only possible if you follow if you practice some kind of a spirituality or some kind of a meditation something every day otherwise the distractions are so huge you would be caught up in all the things that is in the world and you would be just a social animal not find peace and there's no joy in living so i would say more than any other time in the life uh, spirituality is more important now than any other time of the life that's how my stress point because of what i have gone through and what i am going through what the pleasures and joy i have seen practicing 30 minutes of meditation or walking in nature every day it helps me day and then i find peace and i love the living experience i go through now so that is just such wonderful advice um i i, I can't I can't agree with you more. Yeah. Um reacting to one of your points, they it was said that pain is a given in life, but suffering is optional. That's right. So, but in order not to suffer, you need to be rooted in a sense of something bigger in a sense of who you are um and and have an anchor into your spirit, I guess, your soul. If there's one piece of advice, Vivek, what would you like to convey to the listeners? Yeah, so that is um, the challenge that we have, and challenge that I went through because I didn't have proper diet, or I was not having proper diet, and I didn't take care of my body, and sometimes I didn't sleep properly, eight hours a day every day, and then I didn't have the body uh, well uh, taken care of. So what I would say is that irrespective of whether you go through kundalini or whatever is the spirituality or you just live a normal life I would say take care of your body um, have proper diet take care of your body have proper diet sleep 8 hours a day every day and keep it sensitive to what is happening around you so that you are aware of what is happening around you and that is the essence of living and if you do that there is a joy and you will find out your purpose by being just being aware actually that is the one step which i would say i recommend everyone to do that and everything else falls in place because you take care of your body and it is very sensitive and you figure out the rest of those things because each one goes through a different experience to find their purpose and meaning in life and this is the essence of living that is where the all the spiritual texts have been written to follow this and we are totally moved out from it and i would say that is the essence of living and everyone has to practice every day Uh, a few minutes of your day to find stillness in your life in your mind a quiet time thereby it helps to see relate to you how you relate yourself to everyone around everyone around in the world and that space gives you 
an awareness and an opening every day in life actually that is that is how i would say it's a mandatory everyone has to do this i would say that i love the title of your book life is binary the choice to live love or limitation i mean a binary choice is either a or b no other options yeah. and so you're saying that we have a choice to live a life of love or live a life of imitation limitation it is our choice and we forget that and we forget to utilize our power of choice we think we are just pushed along by life circumstance but no you're saying we do have a choice so i love it um is your book available uh do you have a website uh i have a website uh, www.vilbala.com and my book is available in uh, amazon kindle as well as in create space so you can find out life is binary in google or amazon kindle and you'll be able to point it i'm also in facebook page as vivbala v i v b a l a and i have a quite a decent following in it and and i think uh, uh, whoever has an interest in kundalini i think they should uh, take a look in my book because uh, people who read gopikrishna uh, there are few people who have written books on uh, kundalini and i could see people who bought those books i bought my book and my book refers to the current things that is happening in society like all the smartphones and there's now people with kundalini can live in a modern society so that is why uh, people who have some reference to kundalini i would say it's one of the must read books not just because i just want to help people so that we could relate to our experience and help each other that is my take on it yeah so this is coming from somebody working successfully in silicon valley and he knows what the current uh, technological age is all about it, it's wonderful that you're acting as a human bridge between technology and spirituality And I guess that goes back to your book, Life is Binary, The Choice to Live Love or Limitation. Vivekananda Balaguru, author of Life is Binary, thank you so much for being with us, Vivek. Oh, it's an honor to be part of it. And I would like to thank you and all the listeners who listen to me for all. Thank you. We will be right back after these messages with our final guest. Conscious Media for Conscious Minds. Om Times. Hi, this is Sylvia Henderson, Intuitive Life Coach and Energy Healer. Are you ready to elevate and rise way above your normal? Be sure to listen to my show, Intuitive Transformations, on Ohm Times Radio, Sunday evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern. Get the inspiration you need to transform your life. Being a radio host on IOM FM allows you to build your show on a rich platform with the power of the Internet to fulfill your outreach goals and connect with a very specialized and global online audience, unlimited by time and distance. Ohm Times Radio will provide you with web relevance, a recognizable conscious brand, and with the standard of excellence that has accompanied every single Ohm Times endeavor. Host your show with Ohm Times Radio Network. Ohm Times Magazine is one of the leading online content providers of positivity, wellness, and personal empowerment. A philanthropic organization, their net proceeds are funneled to support worldwide charity initiatives via Humanity Healing International. Through their commitment to creating community and providing conscious content, they aspire to uplift humanity on a global scale. Ohm Times, co-creating a more conscious lifestyle. 
Welcome to the gathering around my kitchen table on Equilarium FM, Wednesdays at 1pm Eastern Standard Time. Join my guests as we integrate spirituality into everyday reality with vibrant conversations, inspired interviews and my latest channeled guidance to inspire and brighten your day. I'm Claire Johnson and together we'll be raising vibrations across the nations. The cutting edge of conscious radio. Om Times Radio, IOM FM. I'm Miriam Knight, and my next guest is Alan Smith. Now, when the Mayo Clinic didn't have any answers for Alan's health problems, he knew it was time to look someplace else for a solution. Fortunately, he found one, and in the process, he discovered the amazing world of treatments and therapies called Complementary and Alternative Medicine, or CAM, CAM. With his return to better health, he decided that others needed to hear about all of these ancient and modern treatments. So he wrote an award-winning guide called How to Unbreak Your Health, Your Map to the World of Complementary and Alternative Therapies, which now lists over 330 different therapies in its second edition. Welcome, Alan. Thank you for joining us. Well, Miriam, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. So it's a little bit ironic that the Mayo Clinic helped you discover the world of complementary and alternative medicine. How did that happen? Well, I was going to say, this sounds a little backwards when you say it like that, but uh, you know you're in trouble when your specialist here in Dallas says, you know, have you ever thought about going to the Mayo Clinic since he wasn't having any luck treating my problems? And so we, I went up to the Mayo Clinic and after all the days of testing, they said, well, we've got good news and bad news. And the good news is it's not going to kill you. The bad news is we don't have anything we can do for you. So it's amazing how open-minded you can become, Miriam, when you have no other options. <laughs> right. And so uh, it was only about two weeks later uh, after I came back to Dallas that I ran across a book review by uh, a book called Biology of Belief by Dr. Bruce Lipton. Oh, and yes. It was a, as I say, it's a phenomenal book, and it was just exactly the message I needed to hear about how your uh, thoughts and feelings can physically heal your body. And you get all the way to the end of the book, and he doesn't tell you how to do it. So I tracked him down. I said, you know, Bruce, come on, what's going on? And he says, well, I'm a cellular biologist. That's not my department. He says, but I did meet this guy out in Colorado who has a uh, process called Psych-K. And he says, you might try and track him down, which I did, and went and learned the process, and lo and behold, my health started getting better. And the more I started to talk with people, the more I've discovered, it seems like everybody has a story that they, at some point in their life, have used some type of complementary alternative medicine and had phenomenal results. But we all keep it secret, like it's a great mystery or you know something that uh, polite folks don't talk about in nice society. But I decided that somebody needed to write a book and put it all out there, so that's what I did. You know, having included 330-plus uh, modalities in your book, you have a really good overview of many of these, you know, of, of what kind of threads connect them. What do you think is the underlying reason why they work? That is an excellent question, Miriam. It's 
I could go on for hours at that point. There's so many things that connect them. Uh, I divided the book into three general categories, body therapies, mind therapies, and energy or spirit therapies. But it's amazing how many similarities there are between these therapies, some that are hundreds, if not thousands of years old, and some that are brand new. And yet they work on the same basic principles. And when you really start looking at the whole world of complementary alternative medicine, you start seeing how many common threads there are that run through it. And uh, like I said, it's, it's a strange and fascinating story. And, and one of the most interesting parts of it is I happened to run across uh, in my research a news report from the ABC News program 2020 and back from 1983. Dr. Tim Johnson was interviewing a doctor by the name of Dr. Bjorn Nordenstrom who had written a book called Biologically Closed Electrical Systems. Now, that sounds a little strange, but at the time, the major medical uh, peer review journals were giving it just all kinds of accolades, calling it the most uh, mm -hmm. profound uh, discoveries and revelations in 350 years since the discovery of the body's blood circulation system. Because what it turned out is Dr. Nordenstrom had found, using today's technology, that in fact we circulate positive ions to every cell in our body and take negative ions from every cell. And once you begin to think about that, you say, well, wait a minute, that sounds an awful lot like yin and yang, part of traditional Chinese medicine that only goes back about, what, four or 5,000 years. <laughs> and they didn't know anything about electricity, so they couldn't call them positive-negative ions, but... It's the same basic structure, and here's a guy uh, using today's technology that says when he started to map out this energy flow and look for the major channels and, and all that kind of stuff, he found a 95% correlation to the maps of uh, Tai Chi or of mm. Qi and Yin and Yang that go back thousands of years. Yeah, the, the meridians and the acupuncture points. and so, Exactly. Yeah. And yet – uh, he was touring America trying to find uh, money to continue his research. And I'll bet you can probably guess how much money he got <laughs> as a result of his appearing on a major news program. Not a dime. Yeah. But yeah. the folks over in China who have a very long tradition of believing in energy medicine and how it relates to the human body said, yeah, come on over here. We'd love to help you out. So that's where he spent uh, the decades until he passed away. It's kind of a sad commentary, but I do get the feeling that uh, people are uh, really voting with their uh, wallets. Uh, I think complementary and alternative medicine is uh, approaching uh, the expenditure um, of, on conventional health therapies. Oh, and, and surprisingly, when you realize that insurance doesn't pay for 99% of exactly. it. Exactly. Uh, the, the, we're actually spending a lot more out of our pocket uh, to try these different therapies. So I think one of the reasons one of the reasons is that these therapies are um, not likely to cause side effects, and uh, whereas Western medicine, and I'm leaving aside trauma care, which is fantastic, you know, and and surgery, but but generally speaking, Western medicine relies on treating symptoms rather than looking for the underlying cause, whereas Absolutely. alternative therapies are focused on the under, under, underlying cause. You you were um, talking in your book about rolfing as a good illustration. 
how is how does that go for the cause? Oh, it does. It's one of those things where if, if I hadn't lived through it, I don't know that I would believe the story from somebody else. But uh, I kind of messed my back up doing a little too much yard work a couple of years ago, and my chiropractor wasn't having any luck getting it back in place. And my wife says, well, you know, you're working on this book. Why don't you go try rolfing? And I said, okay. It sounded relatively interesting. And rolfing, you sign up for 10 initial uh, sessions. And the first thing the therapist has you do is simply walk back and forth so they can see how your whole body works together. It's not, you know, I've got back trouble or I've got whatever trouble. They want to see how your body works as a whole. And so I'm walking back and forth. And the first thing out of this therapist's mouth is, you must have terrible pain in your knees. And I said, well, you know, I came from my back, but yeah, I've had knee trouble for, you know, decades, literally. I've had times where I was uh, in such pain. I couldn't walk across our local shopping mall without having to stop and sit down for a while. And she just kind of nodded and, and waved her hand like, no big deal. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, wait a minute. This is kind of a big deal to me. <laughs> she says, don't worry about it. We'll take care of it. And so she got a look at what she needed to do and how my body was working together. And she says, your energy flows great from the top all the way down to your knees and then it stops. And she says, that's got to cause you problems. And I said, yeah, it does. So 10 sessions of rolfing later, uh, not only was my back a lot better, but lo and behold, I could walk and didn't have trouble uh, with my knees and legs anymore. So again, if you don't look for the source of the problem, you won't find it. So, And as you said, major uh, mainstream medicine in the U.S. today, they're looking for the symptoms. And that's what big pharma and everybody wants to treat is just the symptoms. Yeah, yeah. Now, the the second edition of your book uses a map to help explain these therapies. Why did you decide on that device? Well, Miriam, it was one of those things where uh, after the first edition came out, and it was the first edition was really just cut and dried, and you know, here's the therapies, and that's the way it was. And everybody said, "But how do they work together? You know, why do you have to do this and that?" And they didn't understand. You know, they were used to going to a doctor for physical problems a psychologist for mental problems, uh, their preacher for spiritual problems. They were compartmentalized. And I said, but we aren't compartmentalized. We are one body. We are all these things together. And if they aren't all working together, you're going to have a problem. And again, if you don't look for the source, uh, and sometimes that source can be surprising, a lot different than what you expected. And it came to me, I said, you know, let's let's take a step back from the modern GPS things and look at an old-fashioned paper map that you used to fold up and stick in the glove compartment of the car. I said, if, if you look at a map, it has features on the physical world, like mountains and rivers, that are marked out on the terrain. I said, those really correspond to body therapies. Now, the streets and the cities and, and all those things that are man-made – uh, that are also on the map, those correspond to the mind therapies. And they said, okay, we're, we're following you so far. Uh, they said, but it still doesn't give us uh, the sense of direction or, you know, how to get, you know, from point A to point B. And I said, well, let's, let's look at something mysterious and magical uh, just a few years ago that they were using this invisible power called magnetism to power a compass and determine which direction was north so they could find which way they needed to go. I said, that really corresponds to the spirit or energy therapies that we have in the world today. And you have wrapped it all up in one book. Tell exactly. us 
Tell us again um, how to get in, in touch with you. Do you have a website? Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's unbreakyourhealth.com. Ah, which is the name of the book, How to Unbreak Your Health. Yes, ma'am. Oh, my goodness. We are at the end of our time, Alan. And it's been, I, I could talk to you forever. It sounds like a wonderful resource. <laughs> Thank you Thank so you for much. Thank you, Miriam. And thank you, listeners, for joining us today. I'm Miriam Knight, and I invite you to New Consciousness Review on ncreview.com, where you can subscribe for free to our magazine and listen to our podcast. I do hope you'll join me next week to meet more rising stars of the new consciousness. Until then, shine brightly, dear friends. We need your light in the world.